This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 23rd, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The U.S. Sentencing Commission has taken steps to release tens of thousands of federal prisoners convicted of drug crimes, making recent sentencing reforms retroactive. Molly Gill is with Families Against Mandatory Minimums. She details the changes to federal sentencing. The U.S. Sentencing Commission voted unanimously to reduce drug sentencing guidelines for 46,000 federal prisoners. And that is a big deal because it's going to save billions of dollars over the next 30 years because the average sentence reduction is two years, which means lots of people will be reunited with their families much sooner. And because it's a sign that even the Sentencing Commission believes that our drug policies are too extreme and our drug sentences are too long. So what did – obviously the Sentencing Commission has uh, broad authority to undertake this by themselves and Congress can decide whether or not to allow that to proceed. What brought this about? Well, it really goes back to a technical glitch in the way the guidelines were written 30 years ago. The Congress created mandatory minimum sentences for drug crimes back in 1986. And in 1987, the first set of sentencing guidelines went into effect. The commission wanted to follow Congress's lead and match up the guideline sentences with the mandatory minimums, but they made a mistake. They actually made the guideline drug sentences higher than the drug mandatory minimums set by Congress. So now, 30 years later, the commission is going back and saying these sentences are too long. They've always been too long, and now we're going to make them exactly equal with the mandatory minimums Congress created. So this was a 30-year mistake that had just been allowed through inertia just to continue? Yes. I mean, there was a rationale at the beginning. The idea was that if we make the guideline sentences higher than the mandatory minimums, that will give prosecutors some leverage so they can say, if you plead guilty, instead of getting this higher sentence, we'll take you all the way down to the mandatory minimum term. However, the Over time, we have added enhancements into the sentencing guidelines that increase sentences for all kinds of various reasons. And so now that the commission feels once you throw in those enhancements plus the higher guidelines, you're really ending up with guideline sentences that are just abnormally high and don't necessarily reflect an appropriate punishment for the drug crime. What has been the role of the Obama administration and the Department of Justice Well, the Department of Justice surely uh, was consulted and gave input to the commission on the scope of whether they should make this change and whether they should make the change retroactive. Initially, the commission said 51,000 people would be eligible for shorter sentences if the change was made retroactive. And the Department of Justice came in and said, we actually want you to carve out whole classes of offenders uh, based on things like their criminal record, whether a gun was present in the case. And the DOJ's exclusions would have taken that number down from 51,000 eligible people to 20,000 eligible people. So this was quite inconsistent with the department's stance on lots of other things, like telling its prosecutors don't charge a mandatory minimum in a drug case unless you absolutely have to. And the Justice Department and the president supporting measures in Congress that would scale back and reduce drug mandatory minimum sentences by half. Does this change the leverage that prosecutors have in these kinds of cases? Absolutely not. It does not remove the mandatory minimum sentences of 5, 10, 20 years, or even life without parole. So prosecutors still have very harsh sentences to use in the plea bargaining process. And quite frankly, 
They don't need any more harsh tools. 97% of people plead guilty today. What did the commission say about uh, what Congress should be doing with these? These are all federal. So what did the commission say, tell Congress to do? Essentially, the commission told Congress, we have done all we can for right now. And Congress needs to scale back our mandatory minimum sentences. And in fact, Judge Ruben Hinojosa, one of the commissioners from a Texas border district, very tough on crime, said, Congress, the mandatory minimums should be cut in half. So quite strong words from the commission telling Congress it's their turn to do some sentencing reform. And there have been some legislative pushes to uh, reduce uh, mandatory minimums. Uh, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Dick Durbin, and Patrick Leahy. Where does all that sit right now? Sure. The biggest uh, effort has been behind the Smarter Sentencing Act, which would, in fact, cut the mandatory drug sentences in half. And unfortunately, it has stalled a little bit in the Senate and now really faces the, a real possibility that it won't get voted on at all just because there's so little time left in this session of Congress, so few working days. So certainly trying to keep the effort alive, trying to find a way to squeeze that vote in, get that bill out of the Senate, but really running out of time. To the extent that there's still time to uh engage in uh, mandatory minimums reform this year, what members of Congress have indicated that this is something that that is important to move forward on? Well, Senator Rand Paul has been a huge champion of mandatory minimum sentencing reform. He has his own bill, the Justice Safety Valve Act, with uh, Patrick Leahy, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And it's remarkable, but every, everywhere Senator Paul goes, he's talking about how we put too many people in prison, how we keep them there too long, particularly in the drug context. He's introduced several new bills with Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey. So again, uh, reaching across the aisle, sort of another odd sort of pairing there. Those bills don't have to do with sentencing reform. They have to do more with um, making sure that people who have a, a criminal records can get jobs, can get their records cleaned up once a certain amount of time has passed, um, and also shown a lot of interest in restoring voting rights at some point to a certain number of offenders. What are the savings here from this specific uh, reform? This is 46,000 people who will be serving shorter sentences. That means they have already served some, but... Uh, and of course, there's going to be a, a year wait before that begins to be implemented. So what is what is the cost savings as far as you can tell? Well, if all 46,000 people receive the average sentence reduction of 25 months, that adds up to about $2.8 billion over the next 30 years. So it's not nothing. Molly Gill is Director of Government Affairs for Families Against Mandatory Minimums. You can recommend the Cato Daily Podcast and rate it at iTunes and subscribe at iTunes or at Cato.org.